0: where it is my immense pleasure once again to welcome back Mark Hoy from Tucson, Arizona. You may recall in a previous episode, Mark and I had a conversation around his, his book, Lasting Happiness.
1: So very warm welcome to you, Mark. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Paul. It's really an honor and I appreciate that.
0: No problem at all, Mark. Thank you. Um right so when we spoke uh, as i say when we spoke last time Mark we was we was focused certainly on the first episode around your your lasting happiness your new book that's coming out um i'd like to focus in on now for the benefit of the listeners really what struck me after reflecting on our on our previous two episodes Mark um is the power of conversation and how two people, two total strangers, and it doesn 't matter what the context is, how they can soon they can soon find some middle ground, even though they 're coming from totally polarized directions, mm-hmm. and so if I can give that some kind of context for our uh, for our ensuing conversation mark, obviously your focus and expertise is around happiness, for the purpose of this episode i'd like to focus on relationships so if we can embark upon a journey i call it prodding and poking a journey of discovery around the power of conversation and let's just see where that takes us mark because i'm very very confident it will take us somewhere where i don't know but it'll take us somewhere
1: (laughs) you're absolutely right and that's a wonderful um subject and um so vital to what really makes life worthwhile. Um, When you said conversation, the thing that immediately leapt to my mind and what um, a lot of people, well, we'll we'll just go with this. I'll I'll throw it out there. Um, And when it comes to conversation, really what's immensely powerful, and I think you see this in so many different ways, is listening. And when you're really focused on what somebody's saying, you're really listening to them very, very deeply. You, you're doing something that is so valuable and important, and you become really the focus of that person's life at that moment, and uh, you form a really intense bond. And uh, listening uh, when you're when you're there in that conversation and you're listening and you're really soaking up what that person has to say, that is just immensely powerful. That's a powerful way to create an instant bond of intimacy with somebody. And that's really key to a good conversation is listening to what the person's saying and responding in a way that's appropriate and also understanding what they're saying and, and, uh, kind of feeding into that and that's what leapt to my mind of how important listening is and how vital that is in any conversation and um, what a valuable tool it is for listeners to realize that um, just being willing to hear what that other person is saying and respond to it uh, is you you're creating a bond of intimacy that um, you really cannot beat that. That is such an important part of any relationship is intimacy. And uh, listening is really the key. And it all revolves around conversations. That's the heart of it.
0: Yeah. Um, I had a conversation with someone recently, uh, Mark, um, just, just general. And this, per- this particular person was struggling a little bit. I think it's fair to say that. And you know, the um, at the end of the conversation, where actually she did most of the talking, I say conversation, it, it was she talked, I listened, and and she she really reinforced Mark, what you've just said. And she said, Thank you so much. She said, Nobody's ever listened to me before, mm-hmm. and I found that extremely moving. Bearing in mind that this mm-hmm. this particular lady, I would guesstimate, was what middle 40s, maybe a touch more, mm-hmm. you know, I found that incredibly sad. Now, whether that was True or not, actually it was true because that was her perception, that was her truth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, and just for her to have that power of actually somebody's giving me some attention here, somebody they must care to give me that time, because normally everybody's talking over me, telling me what to do, telling me how to fix myself. Um, mm-hmm. so I, you know, just to reinforce what you've just said there, Mark, I wholeheartedly agree with that, absolutely.
1: Yeah, there's something magical about that interchange. And um, there doesn't have to be, um, again, you you mentioned a word again, attention. And that's really the the essence of it is paying attention to somebody, being aware of what they're saying. And that's at the heart of a good conversation. Um, Of course, you also want to have some substance there too. (laughs) But uh, I think that... uh, Whenever we're talking about that subject conversation and, you know, where that might lead, um, that, again, I I have to mention that listening, that how vital that is. And uh, people don't have to do uh, a lot, really, to form bonds of intimacy. We all have different needs for different Levels of intimacy. Some people want to be very, very close. Um, some people prefer kind of a little bit more of an arm's length. But whatever, and that itself is an entire deep subject um, the needs, differing, differing needs for intimacy. Uh, and it, it's such a crucial part, too. Uh, just to go on a little side trip here, just really super briefly, but um, a whole field of research has opened up about that. And it turns out that that's really a crucial component of um, why relationships succeed and fail is that the degree of need for intimacy and that some people want more and some people want less. And they've basically found, researchers have found three different types. Um, there's the anxious type, the avoidant type. And then the secure type and the secure type is the one that most people fall into more than 50%, which is where you're able to accept love and you're able to give love and you're secure with yourself. You're not um, overly attached or overly avoidant. And then there's the avoidant anxiety uh, style and the anxious style are people that don't feel they deserve love or are anxious about their relationships and they're kind of clingy. And then there's the avoidance style that have the freedom thing where they're kind of, they kind of fear relationships to a certain extent They they fear intimacy. And so they push people away. And it's the combination of those three types where you'll have a secure individual, but you might have a, a clingy, anxious partner, or you might have an avoidant partner who doesn't want to engage in intimacy. And so it's those combination of things where we're not conscious of the fact that a partner has different needs for a different kind of intimacy or they want less or they want more intimacy, that that has a huge impact on, on the success of relationships. But kind of bringing that all back, um, those, that degree of intimacy, uh, intimacy itself is something um, that you establish and you establish it in conversation. And um, that's really at the heart of what makes uh, human relationships work is to where you get to know somebody you are a little bit vulnerable to them you open up gradually you grow together and ultimately what happens uh, if it goes well it flowers into a relationship and um, it's all based on that uh, willingness to be vulnerable and and intimate and uh, again it all comes from a willingness to listen and a willingness to engage Mm,
0: absolutely i mean i experienced recently with a client uh, I was just well, I read your bookmark. I've read it twice, actually, but the bit around you know the avoidance bit, and I had a mm-hmm. client exactly uh, deep rooted in that particular um, would you call it mindset? Is, is it um, Yes yeah
1: yeah, I would. yeah, it's definitely a mindset where you we um, are all we all have so many different things that kind of trap us in different ways and it's very it's a work of a lifetime to root them out and uh deal with ones that are you know the most pressing um i don't think anybody ever well maybe i guess in the future we'll live to be three or four hundred i think the way technology is going we might but i think it would probably you'd have to have a 500 year lifespan to <laughs> deal with all the mess the mess that we have in our mind anyway yeah, yeah. <laughs> the mess that i have in my mind i don't know I'll yeah. speak for myself. <laughs> But uh, I'd have to live to maybe a thousand anyway. um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, no, people have this, uh, all of these uh, belief systems and idea structures stuck in their minds that have a huge impact on daily life. And um, the more that you can identify and become aware of and kind of modify and change a little bit, the more you can do that, the freer you become. And the healthier your relationships become, starting, of course, with yourself. Mm. Um, So, yeah, absolutely. It's a mindset for sure. And it's all, you know, you all draw it back to that uh, belief system, idea structure that We have implanted in us and that we take on ourselves too. We read things or we hear things, we believe them, we accept them. They don't necessarily have to be real, but they're real for us. Just as you said with that woman, absolutely very powerful that was, very moving that somebody felt that she'd never been heard. And um, many people feel like that, I think, Mm -hmm. that they never have a chance to really be heard and understood by those around them. And and uh, it gives a tremendous sense of isolation and loneliness for people that they don't have that uh, give and take. And uh, yeah, it's a terrible, it's a terrible thing. And when people have that perception and that, that is their reality, that's where they're at.
0: Yeah. And I've, I've, I've propounded this quite a few times, uh, Mark, but I think the power, certainly the power within it, it's worth um, echoing yet again. And I used the example of Mayor Angelou uh, when she said to Oprah Winfrey, and Oprah got very excited about this, this school that she'd open for girls in Africa. And she went to her mentor, Mayor Angelou, and she said, Mayor, Mayor, I've, I've opened this school, and it's going to be my greatest, greatest legacy ever. And <laughs> the, the wise old sage just said, no, no, it's not, Oprah. It's not going to be your greatest legacy. Yeah, it is. Yeah, honestly, it's going it's to do this. It's going to do that. It's fantastic and she said no you don't know what your legacy is going to be your legacy will be born out of that that person you you smiled at this this morning that that person that you listened to for five minutes and that Mm. really what we're talking about mark Mm. is 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 legacy creating stuff that we as individuals probably we won't get we probably won't get to to witness that But it's Mm -hmm. there all around us. It is. I know it's over cliche, but it is the simple things in life, isn't it?
1: Mm -hmm. It really is. And we oftentimes overlook that, that um, whatever, whatever it is that does it for you. I mean, when you, when you think about where you're happiest and when you're happiest, it's always those simple things. It's just a nice, luxurious, long bath or, or soaking in a jacuzzi or, the time you've taken to where you just sit down with your partner and you have a lovely time where you're just relaxing. Maybe you have a nice cup of tea together and just chat and go over the day's things and just how wonderful that is to be able to sit down with somebody and spend time with them and um, have it be effortless, have it be completely relaxed with no stress. And what a wonderful thing that is that interchange. And then you you walk away from that and you're like, wow, that's great. That really that mattered that that felt wonderful to have that. And um for sure, the simple things are what, you know, whether whether it's listening to good music, whether it's soaking in a bath, whether it's eating a great meal, sharing time with people that you love and care about, whatever it is, you really it's simple stuff that matters most to us, I think. The things that really make us happy and that really satisfy us. It doesn't have it's not complicated. It's simple things.
0: Mm-hmm. It's only our mind that tends to complicate things, Mark. Uh, mm-hmm. Just going back to you know the suggested title or the, the focal point of this uh, this episode, at the top of this, um, this podcast episode, Mark, when I said, the power of conversation, mm-hmm. happiness and relationship. And I think mm-hmm. it's worth focusing, is it not, that actually that first port of call of happiness in a relationship, and I know you've already said this and you certainly reiterate in your book, is with yourself first and foremost, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. And the inner that I'm glad you that you kind of focused back. You're absolutely right. The inner conversation uh, is so vital, so crucial, and opening that inner conversation with the quiet part of yourself that doesn't really get much of a hearing. And that's where that transformation begins. And um, it, I don't know, some people, their issue is. He was kind of a minor poet, Rainer Maria Rilke, but um, said, and this is the thing that I I really love this quote, the only journey is within. Mm. And that really summarizes things because really you can travel the world, you can do all kinds of different things, but if you haven't had that inner conversation, you haven't really lived, you haven't really begun to do the things you need to be free and to uh, be satisfied. And the inner conversation we open simply by listening. And we begin asking questions of that inner self and that intuitive side. And the answers that we get oftentimes are from the part that we call the subconscious, which really is just um, a deeper level of our own minds. And uh, it's quite simple. It always comes through as images, dreams, symbols because that's what the subconscious speaks in it doesn't speak in language it's a pre-link it's a pre-verbal uh, part of the brain and um when we engage with it that's how it responds and you have to listen you have to really listen carefully to get that get those responses and ultimately when your inner self feels that it really is being listened to and that you're responding again, just like a good conversation, you listen, You take those, you take those things that you're getting back and you respond to them appropriately. When you open that conversation, that's when the transformation begins, because now you start getting some things and you're like, oh yeah, you're right. You know, there's this whole area that I'm neglecting, or there's this kind of stuff that I need to do that I haven't been doing. And you identify all of these things where there's blockages, problems, um, issues that maybe you haven't dealt with, or you've preferred not to deal with, and those are the things that ultimately transform your life. And it's that inner conversation that that it begins with. And again, it, it, the same basic building blocks and elements, which is the listening and um, the openness and the intimacy. Uh, it all it's all uh, required to have that happen. But that is what you need to. Create the healthy relationship with yourself. And ultimately, the same exact things are what end up uh, leading to intimacy with others um, and creating healthy relationships with others. And it's all that same thing, that conversation, the listening, the intimacy, all of that uh, adds up together. And I think that's a really... I think that's an insight that a lot of people don't emphasize enough just how simple that is, but how powerful Mm -hmm. that um, when you think about like all the loneliness, um, the statistics are horrifying in the United States. And I think in Europe, uh, they're not that different that loneliness, uh, chronic loneliness, where people have no close friends, no close uh, relatives that they interact with regularly, and they're just alone. And there's, I mean, literally in the United States, it's like more than a hundred million people that self-report that they are chronically lonely. And um, what a horrible statistic that is a, a third of the population that feels that they're cut off from other people. And um, it leads to all kinds of health complications. Uh, there's mental illness, of course. And all of that, that entire range of everything, the depression, the mental illness, uh, the anxiety, all of that, the loneliness, it all comes down from just not having somebody to listen and not having somebody to have a good conversation with. And that's how it always begins. of uh, A good relationship always begins with a good conversation where you're interested in what somebody has to say and you're listening and you're saying, yeah, I like that, or I'm interested in that. And you engage in a give and take. And, um, if you have that, you just be momentous <laughs> yeah. and if you don't have it, you're, you're in real trouble. And so, but yeah, I, sorry, I go on these tangents. <laughs> no,
0: not at all, Mark, not at all. So to what degree do you think that meditation helps in that process?
1: For the inner conversation, it's vital. Um, uh, I think that meditation And just on a real, again, it can be really simple, really basic. People have a lot of preconceptions about the term. It doesn't have to be anything more than a simple breathing exercise for five minutes at the end of the day, just a clearing of the mind. And that's a very simple kind of meditation that I think everybody could benefit from. But um, meditation itself is absolutely crucial because you're clearing the mind. You're allowing kind of um, an open ground where a conversation can take place. And to do that, you have to have clarity and you've got to have peace and tranquility. And that's what meditation provides is that brief space where you kind of quiet the talking self. And you say, you know what? Let's, let's just cut out the chatter. Let's, <laughs> let's just put a, put a break on the monkey mind where it's like a million miles an hour. Just slow it down. Let's cut out the crazy, hectic pace of the modern world, breathe deep, and just make a space where you're just going to be able to be at peace and have some tranquility. And whether you use guided imagery to get there, where you imagine a beautiful scene, like a beautiful beach that you're walking along in your mind, or maybe a forest, a mountaintop, wherever it is that you feel peaceful, a garden. And... Or whether you don't need that, whether you just do a simple breathing exercise, but however you get there, opening that space, uh, creating that open ground where there is no distraction. It's just a little bit of time where there's nothing there, where you're just allowing yourself simply to be. And that's when that conversation can begin to take place because now you're in listening mode and you're open. And that is what has to happen for a good conversation is to be open and and willing to listen and respond. And and, meditation is vital to that. So, yeah. And and I think a meditative state of mind anyway, um, which, of course, has the term mindfulness attached to it, Mm. where you're conscious awareness. um, That's vital to a good conversation, too, of really being focused on the other person and listening carefully to what they have to say. And that uh, is crucial, also. So, yeah, meditation I think plays a vital role in both of those things: the inner conversation and the one with people around you.
0: Certainly, one of the experiences, Mark, that I've had in more recent times in uh, in researching what I term peace, love, and happiness. Uh, and it's quite ironic when I come across those three words, peace, love, and happiness, mm-hmm. because I heard, and I actually traveled to the States to where an Englishman utter those words. Um, I went to Carlsbad a couple of years ago now in California, mm-hmm. and there was a gentleman by the name of Rupert Spirer, who's from Oxford mm-hmm. in England, UK. Mm-hmm. And he spoke about peace, love, and happiness in the context of non-duality mm-hmm. and I think this is relevant to what we're talking about, Mark, because this other relationship we have with ourselves is just a figment of the mind. You know, the mind, the body, and the world, aspire alludes to, they are externals. At our source, it's about having the awareness and ultimately the consciousness to understand that we are naturally peace, love, and happiness, and all these clutter, distractions pressures externally they're exactly that we will we'll never find happiness externally because if we rely on that you know and i've documented it to, in my earlier steps of journey where i attached it to my football team mm-hmm. when they were winning life was great mm-hmm when they got knocked out of the um, the big cup final, semi final, uh, quarter final of the cup, way back in 1974, mm-hmm. that was enough to actually drive me to an attempted suicide. Mm-hmm. Such was the power of the beliefs. I mean, I know we we're kind of going in in and out of all different terms like beliefs, awareness, consciousness, but mm-hmm. so to really simplify it, Mark, I think you know for me it is about it was about having that understanding that you know um, at our source. We are peace, love, and happiness, but as the the days, weeks, months, and years go by, we we collect these what I call plasters and labels, and they're stuck on us, and we (laughs) stick them on ourselves, and I am this, I am an addict, I am this, I am whatever, and we (laughs) actually create that self-fulfilling prophecy that takes us away from that happiness relationship that we've truly got with ourselves, but we we forgot what that's like. Would you agree with any of that?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Domestication uh, is the process where we're convinced that our experiences are less valuable, that our own um, experience of the world should be subject to somebody else's authority. And um, we, you know, we we imbibe that uh, from the cradle. And we get it because that's the main means of social control, which is that, you know, we accept that we have to obey because we need the approval of others for yeah. our survival. And um, that process, um, yeah, of label attaching and, and beliefs, absolutely, that, that governs our entire life. And um, we absolutely, yeah, no, no question that you're, you're absolutely correct, Paul. Um, it, it's something that uh, we imbibe very early. We never let go of it really. And it the only reason that it even comes up is that we find ourselves miserable so often. We find ourselves deeply unhappy mm. in so many situations. And it, when you're able to achieve awareness of that, that's when the door begins to crack open a little bit and you're saying, wait a minute, why? Why do I feel this way? And then you're able to go to that belief and say, oh, you know what? That's not true. Um, You mentioned, you know, happiness being kind of innate. And when you look at children playing, or you look at children just, you know, being by themselves and having fun and the way that they explore the world, you're absolutely right. There is something vital there that we lose as we age. And we we take in more and more of these strictures and rules. And um, recapturing A certain essence of that freedom from childhood is also vital to health and, uh, you know, a sense of playfulness and a sense of fun, uh, absolutely crucial to a good life. And uh, it does, it does, uh, it does come from that awareness. And if we don't have awareness, then you're right. We're cut off from that happiness. We're cut off from that freedom. And we feel like we're trapped in a little mental box that keeps us kind of gray and miserable.
0: But there's another paradox there, Mark, isn't there? In terms of us being strong, to be strong, we need to become vulnerable. And we're too frightened to become, we're too fearful to become vulnerable. So we're not actually strong, if that makes sense.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. That There is a paradox there, no question. <laughs> um, yeah, I. you know, modern life, there's so many things in our day-to-day. Life that keep us from uh, achieving satisfaction and happiness, and all of them are related to that awareness. All of them have to do with belief and uh, mental freedom, and uh, so yeah. It, you're, you're right. That That's really what the core of what we're doing is just trying to open some doors for people, just trying to give some avenues and some insights so that people could say, oh yeah, you know what? There's a door I could open. Oh yeah, there's something that's blocking me. Let me. Let me clear that away because all of it is just being aware, being conscious of the things that block you. And if you're able to do that, If you focus on the things, and that's really what your inner conversation is all about, getting it back to conversation a little bit. Um, That inner uh, conversation is just about identifying the blocks and the locks and the doors. And uh, simply becoming aware of them is enough to enable you to unlock them and get rid of them. Because once you're conscious of it and you're saying, oh, you know what, what's blocking my happiness here?" is this belief that, you know, X, Y, Z, you know, fill in the blank for yourself. And once you see it, you're able to say, ah, I don't need that. I can get rid of that. And and that's what leads to ultimately uh, where you find satisfaction again and where you, you find uh, what you need to have a fulfilling life.
0: Yeah. I alluded at the top of this um, conversational episode, Mark, about, we don't know where this conversation is going to actually take us listeners. We don't. And and that's, you know, there was no, there was no script on this. There was no agenda. There was no nothing. It's to, um, what were strangers and I certainly now class as friends just talking uh-huh. about pff, life, uh, the philosophy of life, the meaning of life. Um, but I would like to actually draw it to a conclusion now, Mark, by boldly suggesting that a subsequent episode we because it has left, it has led somewhere this conversation for me anyway uh, mm-hmm. and if i can be um sort of forthright enough to 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 offer where it's led for a potential uh, as i say subsequent podcast episode conversation between us and it would be along a working title of something like this a vision of a better world because ultimately mark isn't that our individual and collective responsibility as as people on this planet. Isn't that why we're here? to Absolutely. You know, to contribute to a better, help each other and contribute to a better world. Surely that, that's the bottom line, isn't it?
1: It is because whether you're trying to create a personal paradise or you're working towards making one in the outer world, they lead to the same place and that's improving what's around you. And whether um, you do it by beginning where you have to begin, which is improving yourself or uh, helping the lives of those around you or reaching out and doing it on a larger scale, whether it's in your community um, or even, you know, a larger scale still on a global scale, but whatever, wherever it is that you're making that impact, that's what it boils down to, you know, that first we seek personal happiness and that's that, you know, creating that own personal paradise. And that is um, a process that begins with uh you know that personal transformation and then when you do that when you achieve that even if you never consciously reach out to another person which naturally you're going to want to but if even if you didn't having that one person around is transformative yeah because everybody looks at them and says wow look at that guy that or or girl look at that woman she's really done something extraordinary and um She's a self-fulfilled, happy person. And um, that has an immense impact on your immediate surroundings and everybody around you. So whether you're just changing your own life or you're consciously working towards changing the lives of others, yeah, a, a vision of a better world is absolutely, that's, that's what we seek. That's what we're trying so hard to do. And I think that everybody that's listening could agree that we all want a better world. We all want a world that's more compassionate and kinder, that's that's more fulfilling, that is uh, flourishing, that has, um, you know, so many people um, spend their entire working lives uh, devoted to just trying to achieve a level of comfort and convenience, to just working hard, to making a life that's that's comfortable materially. And um, I know certainly in the third world, that's a struggle that many people never actually achieve. But in the first world, in the developed world, we're fortunate in that that's something that you can achieve with hard work. And, uh, beyond that though, beyond just the material comfort, the emotional comfort and the mental comfort and a state of mind where you're at peace and you're comfortable with yourself, that's something that doesn't require material. Uh, once your basic needs are met, you can do this. And, um, I think that um, what you and I, Paul, are kind of working towards is helping people to realize that that is within their grasp, that they can do this, that it's not some kind of fairy tale, it's not something that's way out, it's not something that's beyond belief or beyond achievement or... Uh, It's something within your immediate grasp. You can do this right now. You can begin this process. And uh, it's within everybody's grasp. And uh, that to me is the immediacy of what you and I are doing is trying so hard to convince people to take those few steps to make that real, to make that happen and help that transformation occur.
0: Absolutely. And at the risk of oversimplifying it, Mark, um, it is a conscious choice between the very, very polarised fear or love. And I speak from, you know, decades of experience on that, and I know you can too, um, I, as well as, you know, having had conversations with literally thousands of, of people. And it's just that, you know, many times, markets it's that little pebble in the shoe and you, we just, you know, I say we as a collective, it's just, you know, I know we share that passion to help people get that metaphoric pebble out of the shoe. And sometimes... Okay, sometimes there's a lot of pebbles in the shoe, but very Mm -hmm. often there's just that one little one, isn't there, that can Mm -hmm. brighten that person's world to make them happier, to make them more, you know, they can radiate that energy, can't they? As you say, even if they're kind of almost isolated and they like to keep themselves to the self, that energy, it just echoes and and it emits out into into the atmosphere anyway. You can't help but to sort of pass it on, whether... You know, whether you want to or not.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. A, somebody that's smiling, that has that inner joy and inner radiance. Is very attractive, and uh, we we spot these people sometimes. They're not they're not very common, but when you do, you're really moved, and you're like, "Wow, that is wonderful. That's something I want to emulate. That's something that I want to have for myself." And it does it transforms every life that it touches for sure.
0: Absolutely. So then, Mark, before um, before we do sign off, is there anything that you would like to add under this? this uh, wonderful conversation, this prodding and poking uh, exercise that we've been on—exercise makes it sound quite um, contrived. It's certainly not that. This uh, this journey that we've been on. Anything you'd like to add, Mark?
1: Just that I really enjoyed it, and I'd love to dig deeper. Um, we raised some really crucial issues that I would love to spend time with you on and explore in depth. Like, for example, intimacy. That could be. I mean, you could do an entire series just on that. Uh, and, and I think how vital it is for people's daily lives, uh, getting that right. Uh, understanding intimacy that's a wonderful one and I love the listening thing too and I, I really think that that's worthy of a little more attention also that we could spend some time on that. but yeah no I really enjoyed this the the conversation continues and I'm enjoying it very much and thank you for the opportunity to share this with you Paul. I really am enjoying it.
0: Excellent my pleasure Mark so uh, I am going to look forward to to having those future conversations around uh, a few simple words, a vision of a better world. And uh, I think that quite nicely brings us to a a
1: conclusion, Mark. All right, fantastic. Well, again, thank you, Paul. That was really great. And I hope we continue the conversation and and, uh, carry the journey journey forward into some interesting territory.
0: Superb. So there you have it, listeners. I hope you've enjoyed that as much as me and Mark undoubtedly uh, have enjoyed it. So until the next time, keep mastering life. Hearts. Helping everyone achieve results towards success.